There we go, and it continues feeling a lot better. PSB run done for the year. Computer logic board is not good. <laughs> Cheaper just to get a new one. Not tracking, why? And are you rich enough to even date in China? Folks, it is Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Hope you guys are doing well. A lot better than I was doing yesterday. Yesterday knocked me out. Gone. Today, this morning, morning was a little bit rough, but uh, was able to get up and going. Did not do my morning workout. Tried to do some uh, stretches, but uh, even that was a little bit on the, the rough side. For those of you who are just joining me on this uh, episode of my daily podcast, so uh, I am I am Stephen Sersky, and this is my daily audio podcast that I publish Monday to Friday. Um, I usually keep the audio, uh, the archives on my on my website, stephensersky.com, which is sort of the main go to for a lot of the stuff that I do. But uh, since my computer is now in the shop, um, I haven't been able to update the website as easily as I once used to. So, what is this thing about? This daily podcast, basically, I pick out some interesting. Uh, news headlines from around Beijing, China, and then also around the world. I'm involved in the ESL industry right now, so you'll hear me, hear me talk a lot about uh, doing this course right now that I'm doing called the Delta, which is like a diploma in English language teaching. Uh, and then, of course, some of the other interests that keep me going, such as writing the arts, you know, uh, sciences and stuff like that. Not so much the sciences, but certainly the arts. Uh, but uh, yeah, so today was um, another recovery day from the food poisoning from Monday. Uh, Monday evening, I had the fish jowza, and then all day yesterday, I was just wrecked, gone. Slept most of the day, uh, and then today was sort of a little bit left over, but uh, yeah, you know, by the time I started work, I was kind of like, I feel pretty good, so it's not so, I mean, it, it's not COVID, <laughs> it's not the virus, it's uh, just food poisoning, which, not gonna lie, uh, don't wish that upon anybody. It's just one of those things where you're like, oh, I just feel terrible. Uh, but uh, luckily, I was able to rebound pretty quickly. Uh, and as a uh, as a result or as a treat to myself, I'm like, well, naturally, when you uh, are recovering from food poisoning, what do you eat? Well, I had Tim Hortons. <laughs> so I ordered a, a coffee and a bagel on the, uh, the farmer's uh, whatever sandwich or whatever it was. And uh, I can say that the, the bagel was okay. Could have stopped there. That would have been fine. The the farmers the farmer wrap probably didn't need to eat that one that was a little rough and then the coffee um, boy did it ever taste bitter and I'm not sure like is that because of a, a two day purge or a day purge of not having coffee but uh, survived that one and then later on in the day uh, I had a, a salad and half a pizza so yeah there you go healthy eating on uh, food recovery day after food poisoning uh, part of it was because. Uh, the April Gourmet is still closed, so I can't get some uh, foodstuffs from there. But be that as it may, um, I got, when I got back from the PSB, I was like, I just I don't want to make food. I just kind of want to have done already. So uh, that was sort of the decision I made where I'm like, okay, you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll see if this one works. And that's why I chose the salad as well. Uh, the salad first, and then I had the half a pizza. Now, we're talking like a 10-inch pizza, okay? So it's not a full size pizza it's a personal pad pizza you know something that you'd normally eat in one sitting uh but uh this time i was like no just just eat half uh but that being the case psb run is done for another year so this is uh, one of the the joys uh of being an expat here especially in the esl industry wherein we have to do these uh, visa runs these work permit runs every year um and i had to do it twice this year because my passport was uh, i got my passport renewed but for all you know for all the sort of the questions that I had, so the concerns I had at the beginning of the year, 
it went by pretty smoothly. I'm not going to lie. It was one of these things where, you know, at the beginning of the year, it's kind of like, oh, passport's going to renew. Uh, got to think about, like, uh, work permit. Got to think about rental contract. That's all worked out. <laughs> like, no kerfuffle at all. Nothing. The, the only change that's happened in that year is, like, the whole HR management, the HR team at the company has changed. <laughs> They all left this year, uh, or yeah, pretty, basically all within this year. So, uh, which I think I mentioned at that point when um, the the second lady left, I'm like, well, that's a bit of an indication that something's not so good. Uh, that being the case, um, I'm done with the PSB uh, for the uh, for the year. One of the actually one of the other things that you have to do with this work permit renewals that when you when you get it you have to go to your local police station and you have to get this little white piece of paper it's called your residence registration uh, and if you don't get it most people don't care most times they don't care but if you show up to the PSB with an expired uh, residence registration that doesn't match like your visa sort of thing they might not accept your uh your your application so they might actually uh, reject you or question you why you don't have a you know an updated residence registration and depending on which district you're in um even the registration like the police station themselves they might give you some flack for not registering properly or well, within like the it's a seven or ten days uh i think after you get a new permit it's within 10 days but it might be 7. It's safer just to go right on that same day if you have the time. They shut down at 4.30 p.m. So you usually have enough time to go get it all done in one day. And yeah, it's just it's another 15, 20 minutes out of your way. But uh, that way it's done. And you don't have to think about it until you leave the country again when you get stamped out and stamped back in. Technically, when you get stamped back into the mainland of China, you got to go through the whole uh, police registration process again, which, again, it's not a big deal. It's just the fact that it has to be done, and if you don't do it, it causes problems later down on the line. Uh, computer is fried. <laughs> not fried. I mean, I can. I got a call. I finally realized who this phone number was calling me for the last couple of days. Um, kind of like, as a rule, I don't pick up the phone i don't really pick up the phones anyways i'm like who's who who first of all who has my number second of all why are you calling me third of all i'm in china i probably don't speak your language i'm sorry as much as i try to pretend that i do uh the fact of the matter is is like it's my your english will always be better than my chinese at least for the time being and give me a couple more months okay give me a couple more months maybe we'll get there um and it is getting better but um yeah Anyway, so they they called and they're like, yeah, no, the logic board is uh, not so good. We can replace it or uh, we can just give you back your, your computer with... And then they gave me this option. They're like, do you want the old battery or the new battery? I'm like, so wait a minute. You're... Basically what you will have happened is that I will give my computer... I would have given them my computer last week. I would have backed up all my data on Sunday night for two and a half hours. And then they would have replaced the battery and the keyboard. But now they'll take that out. And then they'll just give me back the old one, and then I'll be on my bear as if nothing ever happened. They'll probably charge me for that, too. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'll keep the battery, I'll keep the keyboard, at least that way uh, it'll be new. So this, of course, has me thinking about um, what I can do for um, in terms of computers. Because uh, you know, you know, I mentioned that um, how I could get a, a, another like either a refurbished computer or a used computer for the same price. The logic board was going to cost 4500 So it's... A, Give or take, that's the money that would have been, quote unquote, lost to that computer 
that at some point would have had to be be spent. But um, with this, if I get a new computer, which one do I get? And I was thinking, well, MacBook Air, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. The problem with the MacBook Air, it doesn't have as many ports. It doesn't have as much power. It doesn't have, it doesn't support the, one of the reasons why I got this massive MacBook Pro back in the day was because it supported so many different little peripherals getting plugged into it. It was supposed to be this powerhouse, and it has been a powerhouse. So with this thing dying, I'm kind of going, I can't just replace it with, you know, again, like I said, the iPad, it's not going to do it. Um, MacBook Air, maybe, maybe the newer ones could, you know, pass muster on some of those, uh, the APPs, the programs that I use. But uh, even still, I think it'd be, sort of uh, pushing it if I want to sort of future-proof myself. So I was thinking, well, like how much, first of all, how how fast do I need this done, right? How fast till this computer dies completely? Second of all, um, how much money am I willing to spend on the next generation of tech tools and toys that I've got going through my my eyes, sort of going through my mind? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, up, I'm not upgrading, well, I guess it is a big upgrade, I'm not gonna lie, you know, buying a new system is kind of a, a big commitment, uh, but, uh, so this is sort of looking at me, and I'm looking at my, my paychecks, and I'm going, oh my goodness, you know, can I just go back to, like, pencil and paper animation, or claymation, or something, <laughs> we'll use a cell phone until that dies, and then, then that'll be it, you know, that'll be the end of, um, you know what, and even still, maybe for the podcast, I'll just okay. I'll ask my my guests. Hey, do you have a cell phone? Good. Can you can you use your cell phone? Just set it to to do not disturb, so we don't get any annoying buzzes. Um, and then here you can plug it in, uh, so we'll keep the power going. But then could you send it to WAV file? Just record that and just hold it up close to your mouth, so that you know when you speak, it's like a microphone. Gee, that's actually a pretty good idea. I mean. Why not? Instead of me providing microphones, I mean, as the as the company has me working from home, hey, if you want to be a podcast, could you just record it for me too, please? <laughs> uh, it's actually not a bad idea, to tell you the truth. Uh, and uh, I, there are podcasters out there who uh, do say that one thing you should actually get your guests to do is to record on their end as well. Uh, and this is sometimes in addition to providing the microphone because... Um, uh, there's been some comments about some of the quality of my recordings, and I know uh, for a fact that one of the issues is that if I'm having a, a like a, a Zoom call and the other person's just using onboard microphone or something, it it might not always process cleanly. Sometimes now Zoom does a pretty good job of cleaning up audio on its own, uh, but compared to you know a standalone mic. That it's always going to sound like it's a phone call rather than like a studio recording, which I have sort of uh, reconciled myself with the fact that my podcast is not supposed to be a studio podcast. It, if anything, if it doesn't sound like it's been recorded in the field, then I'd almost feel like it's not really an expat podcast, which is what it has become in a matter of speaking. Uh, so there's bit of that liveliness to it, the bit of the background noise, the, you know, the fact that I'm recording it with one microphone, kind of, you know, one microphone with a gain turned up sort of thing. Uh, but uh, so that if it ever went full on studio, I mean, I'd have to upgrade a lot of my equipment uh, and uh, spend a lot more time uh, tweaking the, you know, the input, not just the output. So not just the exported file, but the input, like making sure that the microphones are all um, leveled and properly like that, which 
I, I do very minimally going into a podcast recording. I set it enough that it picks up uh, a good sound, but uh, I, I don't spend a lot of time checking levels throughout the, uh, the, uh, the broadcast, right? But this two cell phone idea, you know, just, just record. The, the problem with this, actually, I'll tell you one of the issues is that most people probably don't have a cell phone that will record for two, three hours at a time. So that's, that's problem number one, which is uh, what my podcast usually runs for. Uh, second of all, I mean, your, your cell phone, then you got to transfer that file and uh, there's all numbers of problems, any any number of problems that could happen with uh, corruption, like corrupted files and stuff like that, and it just becomes, you know, a little bit of a my fan, a bit of a bit bit troublesome. That being the case, always good to have a backup, right? So typically, when I record my uh, podcast, I have the GoPro going, then I have my Zoom H4 one going, H4n going, uh, and that uh, out of those two mixes, usually I can cobble together a decent. Um, uh, podcast experience, if you will, podcast, uh, a, a sound file, audio file. Um, if it's a Zoom meeting, that's a little bit easier anyway. So, uh, all that being said, whatever. I mean, computer's done, and I got to get another one. Whether or not uh, I put out all the money for all this, this recording equipment for a project that's not really returning very much <laughs> on the outlay. Uh, I mean, how much do your hobbies cost you, right? But again, in five years' time. Would you rather have the money or would you rather have the work done? Oof. And that's a question that we all have to ask ourselves now, don't we? Not tracking WTF. Why do you have to track this much? So, I mean, no doubt the outside world of China is kind of going, yeah, why? And we in China are kind of going, hmm, why? For instance, the net, the new, whatever the vi- whatever is being tracked now, it's the vi- I don't even know what's being tracked to tell you the truth. Um, but they said it was actually they found a case between 8:20 in the morning and 8:25 in the morning at the second floor of a building, building A, in a toilet. I'm going the f- are you what second floor? Okay, building A, fine. There's there's two separate buildings, but second floor they're inside the building in a toilet. Means they've in the morning. Where were they prior to eight twenty? Like so. Okay, so then wait a minute. Does that mean that they're connected to any of the others? Like, could they, in theory, be any number of the other twelve contact points mentioned before, or no? Because they're all in different districts, different areas. <sighs> yeah, a little bit. Um, they they didn't really specify that. Uh, I get just read the report, so I mean I wasn't trying to connect all the dots literally. Uh, so I mean, if it was the same person, then then you got dinged at the at the toilet and other places. Then you you sure sure went a lot of places, but I don't know. Just the idea of tagging someone in a toilet on the second floor of a building. You're going, but your system caught it before that, right? Because the idea is to scan to go into all these buildings and right and what are you doing with all this information anyway like what's all the tracking for uh this actually uh was spurred by uh, i listened to a couple foreign affair articles today and uh um i'll have to make some notes on these because they were sort of interesting uh, both about how um things have sort of evolved over the last 10 years given the uh the presence of Xi Jinping, and the recent sort of 
escortation out of Hu Jintao from the, the Congress, how that was made a big kerfuffle on the media, uh, and I kind of played it down going, well, he wasn't feeling well, which could have been true, could have not been true, whatever. But then I was also listening to this other uh, episode in which, shocks of shocks, someone actually stood up for the United States and said, the system will endure. It, it will keep on going. That system is not... It, the United States will not fail anytime soon. The The collective uh, or the, the partnership of two other powers in the Far East, Russia and China, saying that the United States is on the decline is not true. It's not accurate. It, the United States represents a system that is not going to be failing anytime soon, which is just very different from, from most of what you hear from people around the world, not just in China or, or Russia, but like American citizens themselves. They're only too glad to like poke an eye of someone else in the United States. Damn you, yeah, that's that system's failing. But uh, I'll make notes on these and I'll get uh, back to you guys on that uh, as uh, I thought they were kind of interesting and uh, sort of led me to like wondering, like, so again, with all this NAT tracking technology, there's actually one reason why they could be doing it if they're exporting the system to somewhere else. Anyway, mentioning, um, well, paychecks, you know, talking about this uh, computer replacement. So there was this article, I don't know exactly where it came from, um, but there was apparently some elite rich dating circle that has a few questions uh, that if you want to join this uh, circle of uh, daters, you have to fulfill at least two of the following. Oh, I thought it meant, it meant all six. Okay, so number one, degree from an elite school. Number two, overseas experience. Number three, prestigious job. Number four, annual salary of above 300,000 RMB for men, 200,000 RMB for women, homeowner. And number six, career in IT or finance for men, teaching medicine or civil service for women <laughs> that almost kind of explained why so many teachers are women to tell you the truth in this in this country okay degree from elite school so let's even it doesn't just to be harvard or or uh cambridge it could be like Tsinghua or renmin university here in beijing overseas experience well russia would russia count would south korea japan uh probably united states that's sort of the one that they'd be looking at prestigious job Probably in finance or IT, like, you know, with the word management somewhere in your, your title. Annual salary of about 300000 which is about 25000 renminbi per month before tax. It doesn't say this before or after tax. This is the annual salary. So it's like, well, you know, actually, I kind of fit into that category. I'm, uh, well, I'm happy. I can I can date in elite rich circles of, of rich people. I'm just... <laughs> If they found that as an English teacher, they'd be like, ah. it says you have to have a prestigious job. <laughs> Not just a job, <laughs> right? Oh, goodness. Okay, so so that means also women only have to make, what, 20000 Uh Just 18000 17000 around there per month, which is, um, you know, I would say doable. But uh, given how little people get paid here, that's actually a pretty decent job. 18000 if you're, I don't want to even want. To, if you're a woman making eighteen thousand per month in China, that's pretty good. If you're making more than that, that's really good. 
And I don't think I'd be the only one saying that because it's so rare to find a woman who is making more than that because they tend to work these jobs that don't pay as much as uh, some others, notably IT or uh, finance. Uh, but I'm surprised, like, if, if the women work in medicine, uh, I'm guessing they're not the doctors then, they're, they're, the ner- they're the nurses, right? So that's why they'd be getting paid a little bit less. They'd be getting paid substantially less than their male uh, counterparts. Homeowners, well, I think they'd have to start modifying that because, uh, <laughs> well, I own a home, which it was, it was just never finished because, I don't know if you heard of this, uh, this Evergrande, it kind of went under. <laughs> So my house isn't completed yet. We can live in the first bedroom, uh, but there's no power or 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 water or insulation. So it might be a little cold in the winter. Oh, where is it? Oh, he's in Harbin, right? No, not a home order, not at all. Goodness, goodness. Uh, so that well, I mean, if they're a homeowner, that means they they probably purchased in the last five years, uh, and they would they be buying now? Good question. And of course, the careers, IT or finance for men. Well, that, that's. It's actually kind of surprising because I hear a lot of women are also in accounting. So, uh, and they do normally go on to work for some of the big firms here uh, in China, like the the big like PwC and KPMG and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I'm I imagine that they're making decent money, though I'm not entirely sure what they get paid. All that being said, I mean if you meet at least two of those, that qualifies you to date in elite Chinese dating circles. Would you want to? This uh, actually uh, follows another article I read where these flying cars that they uh, uh, debuted in Dubai a couple of months ago. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this other guy comes out. I think was he? Does he work for Xpeng? Uh, Xpeng is the the company that made it. The uh, and so they're flying it, and they said, "Yeah, well, you know, uh, these flying cars are. You know, first we'll roll them out, and they'll cost about a million yuan, which is like divide by five. It's two hundred thousand dollars for a flying car." Um, and he's like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll fly them on the outskirts of the city, you know, so for rich people who, uh, uh for the wealthy who want to, uh, fly outside, like, you know, kind of like if they have a supercar, you're going, fuck? <laughs> oh, so it's a modern helicopter for rich people. Hmm. So you mean I can't get a, a, a flying car? Like me, English teacher, me? Okay, so we're, we're, all right, fine. If I can't get a flying helicopter... Can I get a flying phone? Because I've mentioned this before. DJI and Apple at some point have to team up. No, maybe not them. It's either going to be a phone company, and I imagine it's going to be a Chinese one first. You just think it would be. Or a drone company that puts 5G, 6G telecommunications technology in their drones so you can call the bloody thing. Not just like you calling it, but anyone can call it and it can act like a phone, right? Why not? Is the technology that difficult? I'm probably oversimplifying things. All right, folks. <laughs> we'll leave it there you go. All right, it's uh, it's what we covered today. Oh, we had the PSB, we had the computer uh, logic board done, NAT tracking, why, 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 and being rich enough to date rich Chinese people. Oh, I don't think they're in the in the field for ESL teachers anyway. Folks, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stephenserski.com. Hope you have a good one. Stay well out there. Do your runs. Eat your broccoli. And we will talk again. Bye-bye.